Howdy everybody, this is David Sanchez and this is episode 12 of the Riffs or Die podcast for December 14th, 2020. How you doing out there? Feeling alright or what? I am still in Hawaii and I am a little bit roasted from that star in the sky. Not to be confused with the spirit in the sky. That song that's all about Jesus. Which, by the way, that song, for the age, has one of the gnarliest guitar tones of all time. In the beginning. Super distorted. Nice and fuzzy. Great guitar sound. But I got a little bit roasted outside. Not too bad. But uh, the last couple days, I went out to the ocean on the north shore of Oahu. Went to Waimea Bay. Got in the water, did some body surfing, acting like I'm Superman in the waves, putting my arms out like I got a cape on, flying with the waves, body surfing, super fun. And yesterday, I went out near a little island that they call Chinaman's Hat. Surprised the PC police hasn't made a push to change that name. But there's a little island on the north side of Oahu called Chinaman's Hat. I went fishing over by there with a buddy. We didn't catch anything, but had a good time anyways. The only thing I caught was a buzz, drinking a beer or five. We were fishing with octopus, squid, and shrimp, or scrumps as I like to call them. The fish weren't biting on any of that stuff. I guess the fish right there didn't like scrumps. There's a big reason they call it fishing and not catching. Sometimes you wind up with nothing. Go home empty-handed. But still had a great time. Chilling in the sun on the beach. Right next to the water. Hearing the waves crash. And man, when you're in the water, especially body surfing and stuff, you realize the ocean is incredibly powerful even just the small waves that you're body surfing on a human body is no match which always makes me think like why are we not utilizing the most powerful thing on the planet that never stops moving we should harness that kinetic energy from the ocean and use that to power power plants There's got to be a safe, effective way to do that so that you're not like chopping blue whales in half or something. But the ocean is unfathomably powerful and we don't utilize that energy. It's amazing we're in 2020, everyone's got a supercomputer in their pocket. We have satellites up in space sending internet down to people in remote places all over the world. We have airplanes, rocket ships, subways, submarines. But we can't figure out how to harness the ocean for energy. I'm sure there's some places doing it on a small scale, but why is that not implemented on a global, humongous scale? Seems like a no-brainer to me, but I guess if you're the ones running the oil companies, that's one of the last things you would want to invest your money in. Some sort of a resource that can replenish itself and continue forever. 
without any upkeep or any scarcity of materials. It's good for humanity, bad for business. If there's anybody listening to this that has some sort of insight into that world, if you're a physicist or have some good knowledge on energy and stuff and can explain to me why we can't utilize the ocean's kinetic energy for electricity, please write in and enlighten us because uh, I'm a dummy, but it seems logical to me that we could utilize the ocean's power much better than we are currently. Maybe I'm out of my mind, but maybe there's something there. My mind immediately goes back to Nikola Tesla. That dude had great ideas for wireless electricity over a hundred years ago, and hardly any of that has been implemented. We still use a lot of things that he invented, but specifically the discovery of wireless electricity has not really been used much. I can only imagine how crazy the world would be if his ideas were built upon for the last hundred years instead of squashed and suppressed. But what can you do? Who wants to build a kinetic energy ocean harvester? Let's go. Let's start building it. I'm thinking either it's got to be something like a windmill that would be under the water, that would get moved by the currents to create some sort of energy that way. Or if there was something that could sit on the surface and as the waves move, this like buoy type of thing up and down, maybe that creates some sort of friction and can be stored into energy in the form of batteries for electricity in the future. Do you know that the steam engine has been around since the 1700s? Steam engine. You can run a train with steam, but we can't get a car to run on water? Something seems a little fishy to me. Especially now that we have lasers and all these advancements in the scientific world. We can get a whole entire train to run on steam, but we can't figure that out for a car. I don't know. There was that dude named Stan Meyer who allegedly invented a carburetor or something to modify your car's engine and make it run on water. If you want to go down a crazy rabbit hole, go look up Stan Meyer, water-powered car. Really fascinating stuff, and it was all over news back in the day when he first came out with the invention. And he held out. He didn't want to sell the idea to a company because he feared that it would be bought and then suppressed. So what he offered was a licensing deal. Like, hey, I'll let you license this invention and let you make it, but I still own the patent. And that dude died from food poisoning at a dinner. And he was the only one that wound up dead. Real funny, that. He was even offered a billion dollars cash from somebody to buy his patent, and he wouldn't do it. Because this dude wanted the world to be able to have cars that run on water. And same with this. If you're a physicist or an engineer or something, and you know a ton about this kind of stuff, please enlighten us. Let me know if I'm wrong. Tell me how it's impossible. I would love to know. 
because uh, the videos that I've seen of him doing it and people talking about it, it seems completely legit. But then again, I'm a dummy. So hit me up if you know more about that. I'm sure everyone listening would like to know more about that as well. You can write that stuff into podcast at riftsordie.com. What about you guys? You got any other uh, good ideas for ways that we can harness the Earth's natural resources in a better way than petroleum to move this world toward a future that's not reliant on oils? Something a little cleaner, even if it's not more effective, just as effective, but cleaner, would be ideal. It'd be amazing. I want it. Come on, nerds. Figure that out. Get us some kinetic energy ocean wave harvesting technology. Let's go. Thanks a lot for tuning in, everybody. If you want to support this podcast beyond showing it to your friends and tuning in, you can go to riftsordie.com and pick up some merchandise, or you can go to patreon.com slash riftsordie and become a Patreon subscriber. Patreon subscribers can get access to handwritten lyrics, discounts on merch, shoutouts on the podcast, bonus episodes of the podcast, and access to live Zoom hangouts. The next live Zoom hangout is happening on Thursday, December 17th, and we usually hang out for about an hour. Typically goes a little bit longer than that, but if you want to hang out, you could ask me anything in real time. We're going to do it again this month on December 17th, Thursday. And because it's the holiday season, we're going to do a bonus Zoom hangout sometime after Crimbus. I figure it'd be fun to see if anyone got any cool Crimbus gifts or gave any cool Crimbus gifts. We'll have some interesting things to talk about at the end of the month. So, if you want access to the Zoom hangouts and any of the aforementioned things, go to patreon.com slash die and sign up as a patron member. And let's hang out. Come on. Come on. Come on. Do not. Whoo. That's my Michael Jackson. In case you couldn't tell. MJ had one of the sickest raspy voices. When he would do the real raspy stuff, I absolutely love his vocals. Honestly, probably one of my favorite singers when he's doing that tone of stuff. When he's got the... Got good to get bad! Sounds amazing. It's like a metal vocalist that's not doing metal at all. But if Michael did those kinds of vocals the whole time in a song with like Judas Priest playing the music, it'd be fucking sick! Or Van Halen backing him. That would have been fine too. I'm sure most people know that Eddie Van Halen played the guitar solo on Beat It. But the rhythm guitar in that song was all done by Steve Lukather from Toto. Steve Lukather did a lot of stuff on the old Michael Jackson recordings. I guess Quincy Jones would call in Steve Lukather to do guitar parts on a lot of his records. So, Steve Lukather. Super Shredder killer studio musician and he's in toe toe i always think of that band whenever i'm at a urinal and that uh, brand name is on there toto 
I took a piss down in Africa. Did you know? Someday I'd really like to take a piss down in Africa. I want to go to Africa one of these days. Top of my list is definitely Egypt. I would love to see the pyramids in real life. Have any of you guys seen the pyramids with your own bare naked eyes? Not your regular naked eyes, the bare naked eyes. Any of you guys been there, seen that stuff? Looks incredible in photos, but I'm sure, just like most things, photos don't do the real thing any justice. I'm not quite sure how safe it is for Americans to go down there right now, so that one may have to wait a while, but who knows? Maybe we'll all be locked down soon enough. No COVID vaccine, no travel. We'll see. I'm not holding my breath for any special result either way on that topic, but it's definitely a lingering thought somewhere in the ether that maybe that is where we're headed. No vaccine, no travel. I did see something today that Pfizer's CEO, Pfizer's the company that's rolling out the COVID-19 vaccine, said that he's going to wait to get the COVID-19 vaccine. So he's out there pushing it to sell it, but he's not down to take it. So that says something to me. And with all this vaccine stuff, especially being rushed out, the main thing that comes to mind when thinking about this vaccine and how quickly it's been rushed to the public, two words, Tuskegee experiments. If you don't know what that is, I'm going to try to enlighten you a little bit here. So back in 1932, the U.S. government did some experiments on unwitting subjects. Hundreds of black men from Tuskegee, Alabama. And the official name of this experiment was the Tuskegee Study of Untreated Syphilis in the Negro Male. And it took hundreds of men. And some of them already had syphilis and some of them did not have it. And they were injected with syphilis. And they went into this sold under the idea that they were being treated for their, quote, bad blood. Nothing to do with race, but just like anemia and feeling lethargic and stuff. In the South, I guess they would call that, you have bad blood. But a handful of years later, it was discovered that penicillin was a perfect remedy for syphilis and could get rid of it effectively. After that was discovered, the U.S. government continued to give these people that they injected with syphilis, they would give them placebos. They wouldn't let them get cured. The idea was to inject people with syphilis and see what happens, see the long-term effects and how it eventually kills people. A bunch of people died from it. A lot of those men's wives and children were given syphilis. And no one said anything about it for 40 years. So it started in 1932 and it went all the way till 1972 without anyone saying a word. But I guess there was a whistleblower and he went to the press and it was leaked and uh, discovered that the U.S. government had been experimenting on people unwittingly. They had injected them with a deadly disease and intentionally not giving them the cure for it just to see what would happen. 
Sounds a lot like what Nazi doctors did in Germany in the 1930s and 40s. So, my point is, with this new vaccine, government has proven time and time again that they cannot be trusted, especially with things like this. Government is good at wrecking almost everything it touches. So, personally, I don't see why you would want the federal government in charge of your health, but... That's just me. If you want to learn more about that, you have to go look up the Tuskegee experiments or the Tuskegee study. It's a super sick, evil shit. And they've done it to U.S. citizens before. What's to stop them from doing it again? Rule number one of George Carlin Bible, I guess you would say. Don't trust government. There's ample reason to not trust the government with administering injections into people. Not very trustworthy, methinks. On a lighter note, been re-watching a bunch of Adam Sandler movies. Started off with Little Nicky, where Adam Sandler plays the son, one of the sons of the devil. Had some good laughs watching that, and then followed it up with A couple of super classics of his, Big Daddy, where uh, he adopts a little kid, starts teaching him the ways of the world, how to trip rollerbladers with a stick, how to hawk loogies and suck them back in, how to hit on girls. It's a good one. Very quotable. That movie gets quoted a lot in the Havoc van when we're on tour. There's a lot of great lines in Big Daddy. But the most quotable Sandler movie, for sure, and it's my favorite movie of his, and probably the most quoted in the Havoc van when we're touring, is Happy Gilmore. I just watched Happy Gilmore last night. Perfect movie. So great. And that actor that plays Shooter McGavin is amazing. That guy's great. I think his name is Christopher McDonald. Guy rules. Does such a great job of playing an asshole. Shooter! Choke on that one, baby! What a great, great movie. A lot of these people from SNL jump into movies, and uh, a lot of them have blown up, but I don't think anyone did as much as Adam Sandler. Dude's a superstar. And still making movies. I haven't seen a new Sandler movie in quite some time. The last one I saw was called That's My Boy. Where it's Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg. It was super raunchy. Way raunchy comedy. It was pretty funny. But uh, some parts were <laughs> pretty shockingly brutal. Very not safe for work. I just watched a newer movie the other day here. Called Love and Monsters. The premise of this movie is like there's some crazy radioactive material that rains down and turns all the cold-blooded creatures and insects into uh, mutants. They all grow to gigantic sizes and basically just start eating everybody. It was a very entertaining movie. The CGI was great, and it'd be a good watch, especially if you've got like some kids or something. Not too young, though, because it might give them terrible nightmares. But that movie was... Uh, Definitely worth watching. It's pretty cool. 
The CGI today is getting so good, especially compared to 20 years ago when we were just starting to see that stuff in movies way more regularly. The teams of people that it takes to do that stuff is fucking insane. Having hundreds and hundreds of animators working on the same project. It's wild. But that was a good one with a pretty scary premise. The world loses like 90% of its population in a month or something. Funny how that movie with that premise comes out right now when the COVID vaccine's coming out and (laughs) everybody's in a less than ideal situation to start with here. This year has been brutal, brutal on many, many people. Definitely hoping that some things start looking up in 2021. We will see. Love to see touring start to come back. Not only for my own, uh, you know, my own livelihood, but just to be able to go to concerts again. Concerts are fun. It's one of my all-time favorite things to go out and do. I don't really go to bars much. So concerts are like the only thing I go out to do and socialize in big groups. I likes to rock and roll. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing that you like to rock and roll as well. I hope you guys enjoyed the last couple of podcasts where I had some guests on. It was not just the ravings of a lunatic in solitude like this one, like most of them. But I'll start getting guests on here maybe once a month or maybe more often. We'll see. We'll see what works. But uh, if you guys have any suggestions for people I should try to get on the podcast, definitely write to me and let me know who you're thinking. I've got a pretty fat list of people I'd like to get on already, but sometimes you guys send in a suggestion that I haven't thought of, and sometimes they're good ones. So write those in to me at podcast at riftsordie.com. And speaking of podcasts at riftsordie.com, I haven't been answering any of your questions on the last couple of podcasts because I had guests on. We kind of made the focus all about them. But now let's get back to the podcast questions here. Let's see what you guys have been writing in. As always, if you want to ask me a question, feel free to write in. Podcast at riftsordie.com. Let's dive in and see what we got today. Am I right? This first one says, Hi, David. First of all, I wanted to say I love Havoc and the podcast. Thank you. I play guitar and do vocals in my own band. We all take heavy influence and inspiration from you guys. Thank you very much. That's super cool. My question is, how do you deal with writer's block when it comes to writing new riffs slash songs? Since I'm only 15, my band has nothing to do during quarantine. We're stuck at home, and since I'm the only guitarist, I feel a lot of pressure to write good riffs. So how do you overcome this? Thanks. Well, getting over writer's block can be very tricky. However, one thing that helps when I'm having writer's block is to try to learn somebody else's music. Start learning uh, a cover of something from someone else. And while you're getting out of your own head and trying to create things, you're focusing your attention on learning somebody else's style. And when you learn somebody else's style, there's some sort of like osmosis that happens. And some of that style starts to influence how you play your guitar. 
So my suggestion, if you have writer's block, is to go and learn some music from somebody else. Not to completely rip off their ideas or whatever, but just so your head is in a new place and you have a new perspective when you get back to writing your own stuff. There might be some cool little trick that was in the other person's riff that you might be able to borrow the technique that you learned and apply it to something new and you can twist it into your own thing. That's one suggestion. Another one that I can think of off the top of my head is to go ahead and record, even just in your phone, in your voice notes or in a video or whatever, but record yourself playing a riff that you just came up with and then just uh, save it and leave it alone. Don't stew over it forever. Try to come up with something in a totally different key, totally different vibe. Save that one. And then just keep doing that and move on and move on. And don't plant your feet too hard into those ideas. But just keep writing riffs and then come back to them later on. When you revisit the stuff that you wrote, if you wrote something good, your ears will perk up and you'll catch it immediately and say, Aha! I've got a good riff. And then pursue that for your song. But good ideas don't always strike me as good ideas until later. Sometimes I wrote a riff and I totally forgot about the riff. And I'll hear it a year later and be like, oh shit, that's really cool. I I forgot that I even wrote that. So recording things and coming back to visit them as a listener instead of revisiting them as you're playing or, you know, being in writing mode, just having an open ear and an open, clear mind to just absorb what you wrote can be very, very helpful. No different than like a visual artist or a painter would do. They're painting and they're all up in there and then they take a few steps back and look at it as a bigger picture and take that moment to like observe their work instead of be in their work. Makes a big difference in the outcome of the entire thing. So I hope those couple of suggestions help. But definitely record your stuff and then revisit it later as a listener. I think that's going to be your best friend. I think that and then learning other people's stuff and maybe listening to music that's outside of your norm. Listen to other genres of music. That can be very inspiring as well. So those are my three suggestions. Good luck to you, sir. Thanks for writing in. All right, moving on. This one says, Havoc questions. All right, let's get to it. It says, What's up, Dave? Thank you for everything you do. You're welcome. Havoc is the best, and I'm loving the podcast. I don't know if we're the best, but we're all right. Thanks for the kind words. I recently got into Edge of Sanity and Opeth. I love the mix of vocal styles and how they blend prog and classical elements with extreme metal. I was wondering how you feel about those groups and if you and the band have ever thought about making longer tracks or concept albums. Also, based on the way everyone loves Don't Do It, are you planning on writing more songs with both clean and death vocals in the future? Enjoy your winter in Hawaii. Thanks for writing in. Um, I'm actually not familiar with the band Edge of Sanity, but Opeth, of course, I know. I've seen them live a bunch of times and... uh, They're a really interesting band. They have some of the most beautiful, soft, 
wispy, airy, but often dissonant, uh, mellow parts in their songs, really pretty, flowery music. And then some of their stuff is super brutal. And Michael Ackerfeld's death metal vocals are insane. Super, super heavy vocals. And uh, he's an amazing clean singer as well. He's got a great sense of melody and great pitch. He's a badass. And a super nice guy. I met him one time and talked with him for a couple minutes about uh, Return to Forever and Aldi Miola and stuff like that. And very clearly, he's into a lot of the old 70s prog rock stuff. A lot of newer Opeth stuff sounds like it's from the 70s, down to the production and everything. There's some really cool keyboard sounds, old school sounding stuff. The guitars are a little less distorted. And the drums are a little more boxy sounding, a little more vintage sound. But yeah, those newer Opeth records are super cool. And there's not really any death metal vocals on those albums. It is way more like a 70s prog rock band, which I love. I'm a big fan of a lot of those bands. But longer tracks and concept albums, yeah, it's definitely been an idea kicked around here and there to do some sort of a concept EP or something like that with um, you know, a, a long song. I think it'd be cool someday to maybe do an EP and it's all one song. Um, maybe it's broken into different tracks for when you're playing it on a CD or whatever, but having it essentially be one long piece of music. That's something that definitely does interest me and maybe something that we'll do in the future. And are we planning on having more songs with clean and death vocals in the future? Yes, I would imagine so. Um, I don't always want to scream my head off. I think every Havoc album has some melodic vocals somewhere on the record. And I would not be opposed to doing more of that stuff, but while still maintaining its balls and heaviness. You know, I don't want to go into emo land, but I do like me some melody. So to answer your question, yeah, I, I think you can expect more things like that in the future. And like I said, it's not like we're going to go soft or something. But melody is nice. Melody seems to be missing in a lot of vocals today. And not just in rock and metal, but a lot of melody in pop music and stuff is fairly absent compared to the way it used to be. A lot of pop music today will like ride one note and kind of go between three different notes for the chorus. Whereas if you listen to music from back in like the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, the melodies were kind of all over the place. It was a more operatic, but not opera style vocals, but just like more Broadway, more musical. Like when I think of Queen, I think of Broadway. It all sounds like musical music. And there's such a gigantic range in the vocals. And there's some really amazing melodies where it's not just riding on one note and leaning on that for a lot of the time. It's a real song song. So yeah, I would like to incorporate more of that stuff into Havoc music. Absolutely. A little melody never hurt nobody. Thanks for writing in the questions. Appreciate that. And lastly, here's an old one, but I'm going to read it anyways. This one's about Eddie's passing. It's old, so bear that in mind. It says, what up, David? The podcast is really good, man. Keep up the good work. Since your last podcast, we all received the unfortunate news that Eddie Van Halen passed away. What are your thoughts? Were you a fan or influenced by his music? 
If so, what's your top Van Halen song? Mine is Girl Gone Bad. Later. Well, influenced by his music, abso fucking lootly. What guitar player in the rock world was not influenced by Eddie Van Halen? That sound, the tapping, his tone, his feel, his uh, vibrato, his uh, whammy bar tricks. That guy was just a fucking complete revolutionary. Nothing I'm saying here is uh, fresh. I, every, everyone's heard this stuff many times before, but it's totally true. That guy changed the whole game. Especially in the tone department, though. I can't think of any artists that had a tone that was that massive before Van Halen at that time. I don't think anyone had that much gain and that much like balls in their guitar sound. At that time, things were a lot more gritty and kind of grainy sounding, but his was just sharp and like a red hot searing distortion. And it was something super special, and it completely changed everything. Not to mention his playing. His playing was just on another planet. And favorite Van Halen song? Man, they've got so many good songs, I can't really just pick one. But one of their songs, to me, feels like one of the most ultimate rock and roll songs ever, and that's Hot for Teacher. The intro on the drums is insane. Then the guitar playing comes in, and that's insane. And then it just starts rocking super hard with the bass. And the vocals are great. It's super catchy. That's just a perfect song. And Alex Van Halen, the drummer, his ride work is fucking incredible in that song. It's super cool. It's doing a lot of like uh, double stroke stuff on the ride with his right hand. And it's just not simple. It's really creative and just expertly executed. I really love that whole record, 1984. But uh, go-to Van Halen song, like Hot for Teacher comes on, you're not having a bad time. That's a super classic. Everybody knows that song, and I don't know anybody that doesn't like that song. So that's a pretty stock answer, I think, but it's a really good song, so... Whether it was a single and a hit or not, I think I would still really love that song. It's incredible. Another song that's on that record that has a really crazy guitar part that Eddie pulled off is in the song Top Jimmy. He's doing this really crazy little like hammer-on pull-off slidey thing in the verses of that song. That's one to check out if you haven't heard it. But yeah, Eddie Van Halen. Complete revolutionary guitar god. I don't think there will be another like him. He changed a lot in the world of rock guitar. Rest in peace, EVH. And thank you for the tunes. While we're on the topic of legends and innovators, I can't fail to mention that I watched that Frank Zappa documentary. It's called Zappa. Just came out a little bit ago. Definitely worth watching if you're into Zappa at all. It's very cool. A lot of footage that I've never seen before. A lot of footage that I have seen before, but uh, it's cool to see how they chopped it in the context of that documentary. Many good interviews with his bandmates and a little more insight into him as a composer. I've read Zappa's book and there's a lot of interesting stuff in the book that they didn't touch on at all in the documentary. 
but that's fine. I understand there's time limits and, you know, you can't put everything about someone's life into a documentary. Or as the Aussies would say, a doco. But yeah, check that out if you're into Zappa. And typically, on these podcasts, I like to give you guys a listening recommendation. My favorite Frank Zappa album is called You Are What You Is. I can't remember if I've suggested this one before on previous episodes, but I'm going to suggest it now. And again, if I've already done it, I apologize. But You Are What You Is by Frank Zappa. It's really funny. The musicianship on it is insane. And I love this record because it's basically one song from start to finish. Every single song bleeds into the next one, like seamlessly musically. It's as if you're listening to one super long song. Check that out. If you've never heard Zappa, I would suggest maybe starting with the album Apostrophe. But You Are What You Is is a pretty good representation of Zappa's music, to me anyways. That guy's got like 50 different sounds, so it's hard to pin down exactly what Zappa sounds like. He doesn't really sound like anybody else. Zappa sounds like Zappa. So check that out if you feel so inclined. And for people that don't know, Zappa had a lot of legends in his band. He had Vinnie Caliuta, Terry Bozio, Steve Vai, Adrian Ballou. All kinds of badasses played with Zappa. The music is super complicated at times, and sometimes it's super simple, but you could not be a slouch on your instrument and play in that dude's band. So if you like shredding, some Zappa songs will be right up your alley. I like to leave you guys on these podcasts with some wisdom. So I'm going to share some wisdom from Mr. Frank Zappa before I get out of here. He said, quote, Without deviation from the norm, progress is not possible. Without deviation from the norm, progress is not possible. That's right. We got to think outside of the bizox. Progress is only yielded from deviating from the norm. So falling in line equals no progress. Things as usual. Let's progress. Let's deviate from the norm. I believe in you. We can do it together. Please. Please write in some of your wisdom that you'd like to share with everybody. I love hearing those from you guys, so keep them coming. Write them in to podcast at riffsordie.com and hit up the Patreon if you want to get into that live Zoom hangout and get your hands on some handwritten lyrics, discounts on merch, and all kinds of other cool stuff. Check it out there at patreon.com slash riffsordie. That is it for this one. The next one, I will be talking to you guys right before Crimbus. So I hope that you guys are staying warm, staying cool, Staying calm and collected and not stressing out because of the holidays. Stress kills and worrying is a waste of time. So with that, you guys have a great rest of the week. I'm looking forward to seeing some of you on Thursday in that Zoom hangout. And I will talk to all of you next week. Take care of yourselves and each other, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. Try to leave the world a little nicer than the way you found it, and we'll all be all right. So it's adios, adios, my little darling. (laughs) 